Welcome to the OA Light a Candle Meeting podcast. Visit our website at oalaig.org, where you will find several speaker feeds with over 800 speaker files, forms for ordering CDs for these speakers, and a place to donate to keep this special service active. The opinions expressed on the Light a Candle podcast are those of individual OA members and do not represent OA as a whole. I would now like to introduce our speaker for tonight, Brent <laughs> I'm a compulsive overeater. Hi, I'm extremely nervous. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, this whole week I've just been in major obsession. What am I going to say? What am I not going to say? And it's just me trying to be in control. And um, this program has just given me so much and really has saved my life. And welcome to everyone who's new and everyone who took a chip and celebrated a birthday. Um, this is such a safe place, and I'm so grateful. So I guess what it was like. Um, I grew up in, in alcoholism, and there was a lot of chaos, and there was a lot of dysfunction. There was a lot of anger, yelling. Um, people did not know how to communicate. I remember being a very angry child, and my only way to, like, respond or knowing how to communicate was just, like, being very serious and having my arms crossed. I didn't know how to articulate how I felt. Um, Having feelings wasn't really an option. I was a very obedient child, and I learned from a very young age that I need to be perfect, and... um, I grew up, in my home there was a lot, a lot of love, but there was just a lot of chaos too. And um, I grew up with a lot of messages that were about your appearance and your body and what you look like. And if you could just fit into a certain body or weight, then um, everything would be okay. And then you could show the world that you're enough. And um, I grew up with a very beautiful mom who I always compared myself to. And um, she was like the kind of person that walks into a room and everyone would be like, oh my God, your mom's so hot. And um, (laughs) translation in my head is you're a piece of shit because you don't look like your mom. And and I carried that with me for so many years. And uh, till this day, like, what you look like on the outside is very, very important. And I never felt like I was okay to be me. I never felt like I was okay to be Bronte. I didn't even know who I was, but I just felt like I needed to be, like, who you wanted me to be. And I spent my whole life trying to fit into, like, this, I don't know, trying to fit into to just make people happy. Like, such a people pleaser. Um, and I think, like, the first time I started to think about my weight or think about my body was um, in middle school when I had decided to weigh myself and then I realized I weigh more than my mom and then I started shaming myself of like that's not okay and um, I need to like she was like my reference point for life and everything that I did was just like I need to be like her and um, and in my family also like exercising 
not normal exercising, like running marathons, like that's what we did. And that's what we like pride ourselves on. Um, and like till this day, I like I've shared in the rooms before that something I've been struggling with is that like my mom and my sister like wake up every day and every morning like 8 a.m. and go to the gym. And it's like so triggering for me because it's like me looking in the mirror of like the person that I used to be and how much I needed to punish myself and go to the gym and to just be a certain way or feel like I could show up in the world. And I still like, well, uh, like when I go out places and stuff like that, people say like, oh, like we see your family at the gym, like why don't you come? And and I'm just like, oh, I like to salsa dance and that's like, I'll share about that more like later on, but that's like, program has allowed me to bring hobbies into my life and to do things that I enjoy and to not um, feel like because I took in a certain amount of calories that I have to go work it off at the gym and it was like a lot a lot of numbers a lot of calculations um, just so much bondage and um, so when I went to high school I was very athletic I was a varsity athlete. I played volleyball and basketball, so I was always, like, very fit, very in shape. I excelled in school. Um, I had to be the best at everything. And, like, getting a B or just wasn't an option. Um, and I was, like, captain of my of sports, and I, I did really well in school until I studied abroad um, my sophomore year of high school and I came back and I had gained weight and um, I had a falling out with a close friend of mine and just things were not the same like my my life just got very dark and um, I started to not be able to like excel at things that I used to and for me like I was one of like the star players on my team and I and I got benched and I didn't have the courage to like raise my hand in class and share my opinion and it's like some part of me just shut down and um, I had I had gained weight from studying abroad and whatever happened like I never <coughs> went back to that like um, that body that I was and I had like this voice in my head and my mom would like constantly say like you just need to go back to your weight that you were before and um, so that made me feel like okay like I'm not okay like there's something wrong with me I had a lot of shame about my body like being curvy and not being able to be like a stick and not being able to be super thin I never got like that I never I never felt like I was okay to be exactly where I am today. And that's another gift of this program, that I can just be acceptance of, like, this is what my body looks like. And my sponsor would always remind me, like, your body is on loan from God. Mm-hmm. And that was just so, so beautiful for me to hear. And I had a lot of resistance when I first heard it, but it was just like, okay, like, I can show up just for one day. And this is where I'm supposed to be. Um... So, where am I? So I was in high school, and um, I remember, like, even a friend of mine, uh, I heard him say, like, Bronte's, like, very 50-50. Like, you never know what you're going to get with her. And I was, like, very angry when I heard that. But, like, looking back, it was true. Because I was so, like, 
One minute I, I would be like out there and be social. The next minute I was like isolating in a corner and just and didn't know how to deal with life. I really like like isolate and shut myself down into my schoolwork. Like the SATs were like the most important thing in my life. Um, I took it three times and every time I did worse. Um, <laughs> and and it just shows like how much anxiety I had, how much I felt like I needed to be perfect, how much I let a number define who I was. And um, and I ended up going to college in Boston, which was very hard. It was very far, hard for me. It was very hard for my family to let me go. And um, growing up, we were always like very like healthy, organic in the house. And um, my mom would always like kind of monitor what I ate, or just kind of like like stare at what I was eating, or if I wanted to get something from the fridge, she'd be like, "What are you eating?" And um, and uh, so when I went to college, it was kind of like a free-for-all. It was like a big F-U mom, like, you're not going to tell me what to do. You're not going to tell me what to eat. And I can do whatever I want. And and I just, like, went for it. And um, I gained maybe, like, 10, 10, 15 pounds, which I thought for me was, like, at the end of the world. Um, and I remember, like, my freshman year of college, um, it was spring break, and I, and I was coming home, and I remember being so scared because I felt like my mom was going to be so ashamed of me. And I always grew up thinking, like, I'm such an embarrassment to be her daughter because I don't look like her or because my body doesn't look like her. And uh, so it hits me today. <laughs> um, but today, like, my body doesn't define who I am. And... Um, so that kind of just started that roller coaster of like going to college and gaining weight and then coming back home and not like going out and just meeting with like trainers and nutritionists and trying to find the perfect diet and thinking if I can only find the perfect diet, then my problems will be solved and someone will love me, someone will give me attention, then I'll get married and and it'll be over. It's like that was that was the goal. <laughs> then I won't have to deal with life. And um, and it was just so it was so crazy and it was so miserable and it was so exhausting. And it's like every time when they say it's like a progressive di- disease, like it just got worse and worse and worse. And I would think like there was a time like I didn't obsess about food and I just couldn't stop. I couldn't stop thinking about my body. I couldn't stop thinking about my weight. I couldn't stop thinking about calories. Like, how many calories does this have? How many calories does that have? Like, okay, so that means I need to work this many hours in the gym. And um, I wanted to blame everybody about why it wasn't working. And um, I thought if I if I could just get the next one, then like that'll fix me and that'll change me. And um, it's very very takes you to like a very sad and dark place and uh, this kind of just down spiraled and got worse and worse and it was like this roller coaster and um, in my in my community I guess you could say that every weekend there's some kind of big event whether it's a wedding engagement or something and it was like these moments were the time where like I was gonna I had to be perfect. So it's like I knew exactly when the date of this event was. That means I have this many days to 
to lose this much weight, and that means that da 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 and it just would not stop. And it was just going on and on and on and on. And um, it's like when I got to that event was like, okay, finally I can breathe. Like I can eat something and I, and I would binge. And then it was, and it was okay because it was like Monday's around the corner. And then I'll just be better tomorrow. Like I'll be good tomorrow. Like I always have this sense of that I'm bad and I'm wrong and I just needed to be good. And um, it got harder and harder to like restrict and diet. And um, I remember, like, I studied abroad um, my junior year of college, and I was so afraid of gaining weight. Like, that was just, like, the biggest thing in the world. Every night I was on my phone, like, Googling, like, how to not gain weight when you go abroad. And it's just (laughs) fucking crazy. (laughs) It's just crazy. but it's just, that's, like, where I was in. Like, that was my insanity, and that's how much fear I was in. Um, I went abroad. I came back, and uh, I remember, like, going to a nutritionist when I came back because I was, like, I need to lose the weight. And I had asked her, like, I knew, like, I had a problem with the scale. Like, my relationship with the scale was never healthy. Every time I stepped on it, it was, like, this is the number that's going to, like, control how I show up in the day. And um, if it was low, it gave me an excuse to eat. And if it was high, it gave me an excuse to beat the shit out of myself. And um, so I had asked her, like, I don't want to know how much I weigh. And um, granted, she, like, wrote it on a piece of paper that was, like, right in front of me. And, like, my eyes saw it, and I was just, like, mortified. Like, I could not accept except that, like, I had allowed myself to get that high. And um, so much of, like, my thinking was just, like, how could you do this to yourself? Like, how could you let yourself go? How come you don't have the willpower? Like, what's wrong with you? Look at everybody else. Everyone has, like, their shit together. Like, why can't you just do this part right? And then you can go on with your life. But I I just couldn't. And um, my only tools for life was just, like, anger and resentment of like everyone else and myself and I just felt like I couldn't do anything right and um so I was I where am I I was going to my senior year of college and I was really really like miserable and um I started going to a few Al-Anon meetings because I thought that would help and someone had suggested it and um, so I just started, like, listening and being open to what a 12-step program was. And um, I, I went to a few meetings, and then I stopped, but I always, like, carried this, carried a journal with me, and then I started to, started to do some writing. And it was around, like, um, October of 2014, and the year just started, and I remember, like, writing in my journal, like, please, like, whatever I was, like, whatever I believed in, like, please just let me enjoy my senior year, you know, like, please just let me, like, show up, please let me not make it about my body, please let me not make it about my weight, and, because that was, like, the most important thing in my life, and I woke up with, like, every day was, like, a mission, and, like, my only purpose and mission in life was, like, how am I going to get skinny, like, how am I going to lose the weight today, and I wake up in the morning, and just, like, 
pinch my body and like pinch my stomach and pinch my sides and just like so much self-abuse and self-harm and I was just so like disgusted with myself I was just like what's wrong with you um like everyone is just enjoying their life like living their 20s um having a good time like having a good time in college and like you just hate yourself um and it was so like abusive and loud and I could not like get rid of the voices in my head um so so it was at this point I was restricting a lot just counting my calories I had an app on my phone that told me exactly what I ate like down to like the celery and the carrot and it was just like I would restrict all day and then around like 5 6 p.m. like I would have like one big meal and that would be enough to just like be okay for that day whatever it looked like and um, I remember actually like um, I would I joined this like uh, Pilates studio in Boston and her whole mission was like how to get you into your skinny jeans and um, I was like yeah this is it like this is the one like ordered the book like went to all her classes and like for me it was just like I wanted to find that magic pill and magic sticks and like not tell anyone what I was doing so like I would show up one day and everyone would be like oh my god you're so amazing like what did you do and I'd be like oh this happened you know <laughs> but it never happened <laughs> um, she like I remember going there and she like looked me up and down and was just like never do squats and never take spinning classes and um, she was like you're drinking and eating all your calories and because her whole method was like you eat a certain number of calories and you drink like certain glasses of water whatever number of glasses of water and you walk your 10,000 steps and like that became my world and I was like wearing a pedometer and just walking around like a crazy person like trying to get in my steps and I remember I'd be like like this has to work I, I like came home um sorry I'm like jumping around but I came home one day and I was like telling my dad I'm like dad like this is it you know like this is gonna this is gonna like solve all my problems and my dad who um has experience in being a 12-step program he's been sober since I was little he would always tell me like you need a spiritual solution around food. I was like, what, you want me to go meditate in the corner and that's going to make me lose weight? <laughs> and I just, I couldn't hear it. Like, anytime someone told me a suggestion around food, I thought they were calling me fat. And um, it just made me so angry inside. So I was, like, doing this, like, new, like, diet workout thing. And... Um, uh, just made me like really crazy like I was trying to get my steps in like in my in my apartment like doing jumping jacks and running in place <laughs> to like get my number to hit that number because I didn't want something I didn't want to like allow me being me doing something wrong give me an excuse of like why I couldn't do it like just the perfectionism and um and so I my sister like also went to school with me in Boston and we were planning to have dinner one night and um, I had volunteered for an event that day so I was like yeah like I'm good you know like I'm showing up and I'm doing something good like I deserve to have a nice dinner 
And um, so much of my disease and, like, my ism comes from a place of, like, I deserve. And it's just, like, I feel so shitty and worthless. Like, let me put something in my mouth that just shows, like, how much I'm a piece of shit. And, um, and I just felt that, like, I didn't deserve anything good. Like, I didn't deserve to be happy. Like, I didn't deserve to be loved. And, like, there's not enough love to go around for me. And just that really, like, hardcore, like, victim mentality. And um, so I was going to dinner with my sister, and it was just, and I was, like, counting my calories, like, really intensely at that time. And so um, we went to this nice restaurant, and the waiter had said, had brought, like, free wine. And I was like, okay, like, I only allow, like, myself to have one glass of wine because, like, that fulfills, like, my calorie requirement for the day. And then he started bringing more. And then I started getting really upset. And I was like, no, sir, like, please stop. And um, and so at that time, like, I guess, like, I was a little tipsy. And, like, something had, something had triggered me. And um, I saw something that just, like, really took me out. And um, it was probably on social media. And um, and then the waiter, um, it was, like, time for dessert. And the waiter was, like, um, like bringing a free, he, like, brought a free cake, like, on the house. And that, like, pissed me off even more because I was just, like, no, like, I don't want that. Like, and I started, like, getting upset with him. And I was just, like, okay, like, I'll just have a little bit. And, um my sister had a few bites, I had a few bites, she went to the bathroom, and when she came back, like, I had finished all of it, and, um, I hated myself, like, down to my core, like, I felt like I didn't deserve to live, and, um, it was like this darkness just came over me, and, um, I remember, like, getting in the cab and just, like, crying on my way home of, like, why can't I do it, you know, like, what's wrong with me like why why can't I just like stick to something and I came home back to my apartment and um it was like the first time that I tried to make myself throw up and it really really scared me and I couldn't do it and I just took a step back and I was just like I need help and um I had called my therapist and she had like told me about OA in the past and uh, I wasn't ready to hear it and she told me about it this time. And uh, I was in a really, really desperate place that I was willing to go. But I told her, I was like, I'm never going to call myself a compulsive overeater. <laughs> and um, surprise, surprise. <laughs> Today I'm grateful to call myself a compulsive overeater. Um, but I went to my first meeting on that Monday night, and it was a women's meeting in Boston. And it was, like, the first time I heard the insanity that was going on in my head. Like, people were vocalizing it. And I just didn't understand because it's, like, they talk about being terminally unique. Um, I thought I was the only one in this world who, like, thought about food and the obsession and numbers and calories and diets. And, um, and it was just so, it was so beautiful. And I heard someone talking about how she, like, went to the beach and she was just, like, serene and she was calm and I'm like what is this woman talking about because like mine was my mind was racing like a million miles an hour and uh, people were so nice and so welcoming and um and I didn't get it because I was like why does anybody care about me and um and so I asked 
um, the person who led that meeting that night to be my sponsor, and I started working the steps. And um, a big thing for me of why I had, like, the willingness to come into the rooms and why I believed in the 12-step program was I saw my dad transform um, through the 12 steps of Alcoholics Anonymous, and he was not the guy that I grew up with. I didn't want to have anything to do with my dad when I was a kid. I was afraid of him, and um, he really turned his life around and showed up for us and our family and was there for me, and so I was willing to try it, and it saved my life. And um, I started to look at the world in a way that I was never able to look at, and um, it was like an I was able to look at the world with like a new pair of eyes and um, a big part of my story is that I have a lot of shame that my mom and my sister still don't know that I'm in program and I always felt like there's something wrong with me like growing up alcoholism runs in our family and it was always like this big mystery of like who has the gene or who has, doesn't have the gene or like this person in our family has alcoholic behavior this person doesn't and so, like, I had so much, I guess, like, pride and, like, tried to, like, will this, like, off of me or make it seem like it wasn't true. And I didn't think, like, you can still have the behavior, but it, like, showed up in food. Like, I didn't think, like, this was the same kind of thing. Um, and, um, you know, like, I'm realizing today like our family is whatever – we go through, um, we're very blessed. There are a lot of people in our family who are in recovery today. There are a lot of people who aren't. Um, but we are really, really blessed. And my sponsor would always remind me, she's like, being in recovery is a gift. And I had so much shame about it. Like, I didn't want to call myself a compulsive overeater. I just wanted to be normal. And um, I came home from school and um, I got a new sponsor. I actually saw my sponsor leading this meeting up here and I and I really related to her story. And um, and I just started like, I just started working the steps. I had to, I, went, I got up to step three with my sponsor in Boston and then I came home and I had to do it again. Um, and it's like each time I do it or each time I go through it, it like brings up so much stuff. And it's only, it's only um, helping me. And I guess, like, I have a couple minutes left. I guess I just want to talk about, like, the miracles in my life today and um, the gifts. I came home from college, and um, I started working a program in L.A., and I didn't realize, like, this is, like, where it's at um, in terms of recovery. Such a blessing to be able to go to a meeting a day or even two meetings a day. And uh, I came home, I was living at home, and it just, like, brought up a whole batch of crazy and insanity. And um, it's like I felt like I was an adult, but my parents were treating me like a child because that's all they knew how to treat me. And then I started acting like a child and was regressing. And, um, and then my sponsor suggested that I start working in Al-Anon program. And I was really angry about it. And I was like, I don't want to work two step, 12 step programs. Uh, I think one is enough. But I got really desperate, and um, and I and I started going, and I'm still going today. And um, just like these rooms have really, really saved my life. 
I came home from school and I had so much anger and resentment towards my mom. I couldn't even like look at her in the face. I couldn't make eye contact with her. Like she would try to give me a hug and I would just like jump back because I just had so much um, hatred. And today, like my parents just went out of town for a couple of days and I was able to like give my mom a hug and say bye and just say like have a good time. And um, today, like my parents are not my higher power, which is such a gift. Um, I thought like everything they said was the law of the land and uh, there could not be any other way or any other interpretation. And that's like the bondage that I lived in, that like there only has to be one way. And like if I don't listen to it, then I'm bad or it's something wrong with me. And uh, I really want to talk about my relationship with God. And um, every day I wake up in the morning and I get on my knees and I pray. And that's something I actually heard on the podcast when I was when I was in school. Um, I could not stop thinking, so it's like every second of the day I was like tuning into a podcast, and I heard like what works for people, and I heard that people got on their knees in the morning and they prayed, and they said the first three steps, and um, and I read from a couple of daily readers, and lately I've been reading two or three pages from the big book, and I ask God to just be with me and just show me where I'm supposed to be, show me what you'll have me do. Um, help me be of service. Help me get out of my own head. Um, help, like, help keep me sane. Um, help me show up and help me be perfectly imperfect. And um, I have, like, a reminder on my phone lately that just says, like, humility is acceptance of your imperfections and your humanness. And it's, like, all I have to do every day is just show up and be human. And that's, that's all God wants for me. And just to believe that, like, God wants me to experience joy. God wants me to, like, to be happy, you know? I always thought, like, I'm not meant to be one of those happy people, whatever that meant. Like, I would look at positive people who are so happy all the time, and I'm like, piss me off. Because um, <laughs> I, I couldn't be that way. And um, I was constantly thinking about, like, what I look like, what you look like, what you're eating, what I'm eating, how much food is left on your plate, how much food is left on my plate, what do your arms look like, your thighs, my thighs, like, so much self-obsession. And today, like, when I'm in fear, when I'm in anxiety, I connect with God. And what that looks like for me is sometimes a lot of, like, kicking and screaming, and sometimes I have to, like, like be beat into surrender, um, which, which is really painful, and um, but eventually I get there after enough crying, and um, I just try to like be gentle on myself. And someone, someone told me that um, imagine all the time you spent hating yourself, you spent with self-love, and I was just like, wow, you know, like that's like life-changing, and. Um, and when I'm, when I'm triggered and when I feel uneasy, I try to identify, like, what am I feeling? And um, a couple of days ago, like, there was, there was a photo that I saw of, like, a group of friends that I used to be close with and I'm not, like, really part of the group anymore. And, um, and it really, like, triggered me. And I, was, and I felt myself, like, down spiraling of, like, I'm going to die. I'm going to die. Like, what's wrong with me? And it was just like, okay, Bronte, like, what are you feeling? You know, like, fear of abandonment. 
and then I put my hand over my heart and just like, you're going to be okay. You know, like you're going to be taken care of. And just like those words of like being loving and gentle to myself has gotten, through, gotten me through so much and is such a gift. And um, it makes me feel like the heaviness or like the moments of feeling like I'm never going to get through it or like I don't like if something happens to me and I get triggered and I have a feeling like I go to like I don't deserve to live, you know, like I can't do anything right. And um, and it's just like take a deep breath. It's going to be OK. Call someone like the fellowship is incredible here. People have like taken my calls and I've just I've, I've let myself go and let myself be messy and like. I couldn't do that in my family. Like, that wasn't an option. And, like, this is my family today. You know, you guys know everything about me. And um, this is where I feel safe and held and taken care of and uh, just feeling like I'm going to be okay. And I grew up with a sense of, like, I'm never going to be okay. If I was only, like, if I only looked a certain way, if I only acted a certain way, if I was only in a certain body types, then I'll be okay, and today I just get to be exactly where I am, so thank you.